So in today's episode of Echo, we've got not Mary and I. Um, instead, we've got our subcom, our first subcom podcast with Clarence Feng and Brian Ryan McGorry. Awesome. And Do today, you remember my name, not yours. Okay, let's not talk about it. <laughs> Obviously, not the favorite. <laughs> so Clarence and I met up with James Murphy, Solutions Architect, at some particular firm. <laughs> Uh, what did we talk about, Clarence? Uh, we talked about his role and basically about how... He ended up where he is. Yeah, and how working overseas, like, is a challenge for people, especially in, like, a technical CSC kind of environment. You'll find out very shortly that he's from Ireland, and we heard some Ireland's Irish stories, or growing up stories, or Apparently just... they really like Bondi Rescue. <laughs> we did discuss this after the podcast ended, so we'll quickly insert it here. And he said that his parents are totally into Bondi Rescue and everyone in Ireland apparently <coughs> and Clarence fully roasted him said it's just run of the mill stuff here and that really hurt his well, feelings well I mean where's the lie dude where is the lie <laughs> <laughs> Clarence yeah, just it's on Channel me. 10 who watches Channel 10 but apart from Master Chef <laughs> I didn't even think it's called Channel 10 is this still called Channel 10 isn't it 10 it's like Peach it's like, it's like Peach I think it's called Peach now who knows it's, it's on Channel 10 exactly. yeah, who watches That's Channel 10 anymore? why are we roasting him he, has, he, can't, he can't say anything <laughs> Cool. Let's get started. <laughs> That's a awesome. coursing the channel for clients. Let's get started. Okay, so Brian and I are here at Dropbox in Sydney, and we're speaking to James Murphy, who's a solutions architect for Dropbox. Um, do you want to introduce yourself, James? Yeah, sure. So, hey, I'm James Murphy. I'm a as a you said I'm a solutions architect here at Dropbox. I've worked at Dropbox for just coming up on three years in January. I looked in your um, LinkedIn. It said you were working in Ireland for the first year or so. Yeah. And um, Quick LinkedIn store. Yeah, yeah all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also saw that your tagline, the last two words, the last two words was Dropbox champion. Mm-hmm. And... What does that exactly entail? Was there like a previous Dropbox champion? <laughs> That's a good one. I actually just updated that last week. Because um, someone uh, apparently you shouldn't have your LinkedIn title um, as just your role. You should use it as like some kind of canvas where you can say that you're super cool and, okay. and weird. Um, so I tried to pick out like three things from my job that I think that I thought were like important. So I think I had like customer champion product evangelist because like that's kind of like half my job and then dropbox champion is like someone like i generally enjoy dropbox and that's why i work here so okay yeah that's pretty cool i think just working at dropbox is like cool but then the fact you add that on top of it, it's just like ultimate linkedin profile it's just yeah, I, I didn't even think about that so i mean that's good validation <laughs> yeah <laughs> thanks but yeah the Ireland thing i you might notice my australian accent's quite weird um but i'm not australian um, <laughs> <laughs> um i'm irish um did my uni everything i worked with dropbox in dublin for the first year and a half of me working at dropbox i worked in dublin and then the opportunity came to do like a very similar role here in sydney and i was like cool i was like i surf i like warm weather i was like this could work out and so i kind of like threw my my uh, my hat in the ring and um yeah like 10 months later i kind of just i'm here how long have you been in sydney for since October last year, so like yeah, coming up, yeah, be a year in October. So it's. Are it's, you enjoying it? Is it good? Yeah, it's awesome, man. It's like, 
and the closest surf to me in Ireland, Dublin, is like three hour drive. So like the fact I live in Bronte, so it's like literally like just like run ten minutes down the road and surf. Yeah. So love that. Like I feel like work lifestyle is like it's much chiller here, even though I'm in the same company. If it's like a super warm day and it's like three o'clock, we're like, yeah, let's just go to the beach. Um, is there like much of a difference like in workplace culture like from Dublin to here or yeah I mean it's I do I do find we're much more chiller here like it's still obviously it's like really challenging environment it's still like a like yeah really challenging job like so I don't I don't feel any less I guess challenged but it definitely feels like it's a chiller pace and it's less stressful so like I'm just like yeah I feel like work is like there's a good work-life balance here and that like if I want to I remember I took one customer call f- actually from Bondi Beach so I was like I'm like oh, I'm just gonna Oof. leave yeah I'm just gonna leave work like a little bit early and just like we use Zoom so I just like took out my phone and it's like and they're like where are you and I was like I'm, I'm actually just going for a surf straight it's <laughs> <laughs> pretty mental yeah it's pretty good um so you've been working at Dropbox for quite a while mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I assume you're pretty familiar with um obviously your role but like the goings and comings of the company itself yeah. Could you give us an elevator pitch of Dropbox and of your role? So basically under a minute. Okay. Um, merged into one or do you want Dropbox and um, then my role? Try to put it together if you want. I guess my job is the easier one. So um, being a solution architect, we have two main orgs, GBO and EPD, Global Business Organization and Engineering Product and Design. So one makes the product, one sells it. And I'm supposed to be one right in the middle. So it's like kind of funneling from product back to the customers and customers back to the product and um, Dropbox <laughs> pitch Dropbox and um, that's what I do every day and um, I mean <laughs> I think for me it's like a simple to like we've always had like really good adoption in terms of like people storing cat photos I think over the last five years it's been people actually like hey I want to choose the tools I want to use at work so rather than being forced to use office online like using something cool like Dropbox and I think that's where we've had a lot of our success in terms of like people actually matter okay yeah, I've started picking up Dropbox to uh, sync my files between my um, desktop and my laptop because yeah. I haven't picked up Git yet. Um, and I found that it's pretty useful so far. Yeah. yeah. Do you it's want to expand intuitive. on Solutions Architect? Yeah, I can I saw, I saw, like, so, so you have a CSE background. Do you like do any coding in particular? Or is it more like customer relations and like communication? Yeah, it's... It's a weird one. So yeah, I just did computer science straight. That was my undergrad. Um, and even in the electives I took, like I didn't do any of the business stuff. I always took like maths or algorithms, like or something like that. So I literally had no business like acumen at all. And then I did, I did as part of my course, I did, and um, we could do a year long internship. And I did that. I did that at Deloitte, um, which I didn't have a clue what Deloitte was at the time. And um, turned out it's an accounting firm, <laughs> but they actually do consulting as well. And that was like my first days of like what business is like. Um, and I think that just gave me a thing to be like, yeah, I used like coding and stuff, but yeah, to answer your question, like I don't do much at all now. Um, so I'll do like some scripting. One of the cool things about Dropbox is anything you can do through the UI, the user interface, you can nearly do through the API. So if someone says like, hey, I want to like create this space, shared folder, like create this file request, do all this stuff. You can do that all through the API. So sometimes when I go to like a really large customer, like, hey, I want to have this workflow where like we take in like legal contracts, we do something with them, we send them off to here and then we do something else. That's not that something that you could set up through the UI yet. So it'd be something I say like, hey, let's just do like a quick script. So I might, I wouldn't even write them for it. I will give them some pointers. I'm like, here's the API. Here's like a little script. Like here's like maybe an excerpt or something like that. But I'm not going to like 
I'm not going to write for them because it's not my job. <laughs> that's, that's where professional services come in. But I'll just be like, I guess that's the main thing about a solution architect and that it's a pre-sales role. So um, there's like two sister roles. There's like solution architects and what we call a technical architect. One is like before the sale. So I'll later be chatting to a CTO and they'll be like, I want to achieve this. And I'll like paint a really nice picture and be like, all oh, this, but I don't have to actually do any of that work. <laughs> then if they actually like, yeah, that looks pretty good. I'm going to buy then it is actually a person called a technical architect would be the person like, okay, let me see that picture that this guy drew. Uh, that's going to be bullshit. And then it's like, let me actually show you how to roll that out and something like that. So yeah, I guess that's the architect part. And they're like, I kind of draw up and I like sketch what a solution looks like, but then someone else will actually implement it. Okay. So in the software cycle, you kind of just sit in the middle between like the product manager and the development team, right? And there's two middlemen, like there's you and the technical architect, which is like the medium between both. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say there's just two. I mean, um, obviously, like at a very base level, there's like yeah, two. Because like basically, like there's a, is if you put the PM right in the middle, like basically they want as many feeds as possible. So like basically, me as a solution architect, a technical architect, customer like um, experience, so like the support org, and they kind of all feed into it. So I think as a PM, you're just going to say like, how can I get as much product feedback as possible? So I try and like yeah, speak to like because. I think the thing about me is I speak to people who aren't customers yet, so prospects, and they be like, I would buy Dropbox if I had X, whereas a technical architect only speaks to people who are my co- who are customers already. So it's like, I bought Dropbox, but maybe I'd buy more if I had X, or I really like Dropbox, but I wish you'd fix X, Y, and Z. So it's a kind of like different type of feedback. Okay, that's interesting. I suppose that's where the custom development, like the quote-unquote custom development part mm. of your job comes in. It's yeah. just developing for prospecting and potential clients, right? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So, like, if they're, like, if I kind of describe something to them and they call, like, BS on me and be like, nah, I don't think that's how it works, <laughs> then I can be like, okay, like, you know, I'll just kind of do up something. Or, like, if it's something that I see coming up a lot and we haven't got a chance to, like, actually do that in product yet, I'll, like, maybe do it in, like, a hacky way and be like, hey, this is going to come soon. Or, like, we're thinking about this right now, but you can actually achieve the same thing right now if you use this kind of script or something like that. Like, today. What are you doing today? Like, let's hit in, into the lot. Into the life. Today is like the worst day. It's, um, <laughs> it's our um, performance review. Um, so we, we do performance reviews twice a year. You'll see it. The screen's right behind us here. And it, we call it Sprites. So it's seasonal performance review. It's tastefully effective. And that's what it actually stands <laughs> for. So there's one big one in December and a half one in the middle of the year. So that's specifically what I'm doing today. Um, but like a normal day is just... It'll, It'll probably be like 60% customer meetings. So it's like, that's my job is that I work with like, like at the minute it's like five account executives. They all cover like different retails or different like size customers or whatever. And then, so I'll work with them and it's like, hey, I'm trying to CTO that is interested in old can Dropbox do X. So they'll kind of bring me along as a kind of like technical expert or whatever. And so basically if they're trying to someone super technical on the other side, our salespeople aren't that technical. So they're supposed to bring me along to say like, hey, if he starts asking about encryption, I'm going to go and like talk encryption about him and then you kind of like do that and then we go back to like the commercial speak and stuff so it's kind of like they bring you along as like a superpower if you just if they need you right you're just and there to start dropping knowledge you're yeah. just like this is where it's at yeah no I'm just like that's complete yes this, 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 that's, not, that's not how this works um, so that's cool because you get to work with a lot of different people so like different account executives will have totally different ways of working some will be a little bit more technical, some will be less technical, some will be like really senior and have a completely different way of selling Dropbox. So it's good from that aspect. And then the other part of my role, I think, is the internal facing, whereas like if marketing are working on like a webinar, like we just had, we just released um, new local hosting here. So you can now host 
your business, you can host your Dropbox like environment in Sydney. Um, and so we want to do a webinar to tell everyone about this. So I would be the person that actually does that webinar because in this office, um, Solution Architect would be the people that represent product here. So if anyone wants to know about a new feature or how something works, they will probably go to Solution Architect and say like, hey, how does this actually work? Because we would be the ones closest to product in terms of like, how does this work? You know, is this how you want this to be and stuff? Okay. So I suppose that's where the non, uh, non-technical aspect of your job comes in, especially mm. since you said that your university degree was basically just pure CSE, right? Mm-hmm. Which is extremely technical. Yeah. How did you adapt to um, your current role and how did you fit into it? Were there any challenges that you faced when having to, I guess... Transition to like the sales. Yeah, meld, to... yeah meld technical and non-technical together. Yeah, I, I think this is where my experience like helps a little bit. So like, um, as I said, I did this year long internship at Deloitte, which was basically just full of business. So when I got there, I was like, what the hell is this? How do I chat to people? And like, when can I start coding? Um, and literally for the year that I was there, I coded for maybe like like eight weeks. So oh, no. like, and I was like, so that was a big shock for me at the time. It was just like, but it was so good. Cause it's like, it's like, you know, at the minute I'd like, I think in uni, if I was writing an email, I'd be like, hey, lol, can you just do this thing for me? Okay, thanks, bye, James. I mean, it doesn't exactly <laughs> work when you're like, yeah. And I got landed like strange lawyer and I was like, yeah. and they're like, hey, you need to chat to this person who's like head of this. And I, I know that company, that's a, that's a decent sized company, so I can't really do that. So I think that helped. And then after that, actually, when I came out of uni and someone that I worked with in Deloitte was at this small startup and I was like, hey, I, I want to be a software engineer for a while. So I did software engineering for two and a half years, but then I just, yeah, I just kind of missed chatting to people. I think after, after I'd had that exposure of like, I think consulting is a really good place if you're not sure that you want to do complete software engineering for ages, like honestly, when I came out of uni, I was like applying at Google everywhere. I was like, I just want to be a software engineer. That's all I want to do. Um, but then after doing it for a while, I, I think consulting is a really good place because it, it, ho- it teaches you a lot of skills. Like no matter who you are, you need to have really good communication skills. You need to have, you need to be able to like manage your workload efficient, like effectively. And I, just, I feel like consulting is a really good place to do that because you kind of go in, you, you do so many different things in a short space of time. So, working for like an Accenture, Deloitte, um, any of those, like there's a, a million of them, but just doing tech consulting is you'll get the, you'll get the software experience, but you'll also get the business experience. Cause I think that's, what's unique about an essay in terms of it's quite a hard role. So one of the things that's taken up a lot of my time, I've been, I'm trying to hire someone else on my team. And it's like a lot of what takes my time is that like, you can find someone that's like super techie, but can't communicate effectively or like doesn't have the business stuff or you can hire someone that used to be like a business analyst something that has really good at the business stuff but then when i go down and start talking about oh block level sync they're like what so it's a, <laughs> i'm still like what? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 really hard to match because you need to in in my experience you need to have a good solid technical foundation but then also be interested in the people aspect and that that's what makes a good essay for me okay so i'm sure like there's a lot of people at csa that like interested in what you do and like Mm -hmm. how you got there Mm -hmm. um what would be some tips people who maybe have a technique background we're both computer science students Mm -hmm. and like learning to build communication skills like in the position you are now Mm. and building on that is there like a particular pathway that might lead into like a role that's similar to a solutions architect. Yeah. Um, yeah. So things that I think are good if you want to be a solutions architect, um, I think getting as much project experience as you can. Um, the things that helped me um, working in tech consulting really helped. Um, so putting yourself out of your comfort zone, especially if it's like an internship, 
there's only so much you, that can really go wrong. So if you do have, if you do have the option to do that during a uni course or even just like a summer, just going to summer in tech consulting and just seeing, do you like the whole business aspect of it? Because I think the problem with CS, and I remember when I did it, it was like, it was almost like if you went anywhere near sales, that was hell, you know? And I still kind of have that. I mean, like, you know, it's like, you never want to go to sales. That's the dark side. And, and it's you, it's like a, a big jump. So you want to find somewhere in the middle, which is like some sort of half businessy, half technical stuff. Like I would group like product manager, like in the same kind of category where you kind of need some technical stuff, kind of need some business stuff. So I think I'm trying to like um, get in as many projects. If you can do some sort of like, I mean, if you're interested in startups, I think that's a great place. Like if you if you want to like try startup something like you're going to need to say, like, how do you hire people? How do you run a project efficiently? How do you communicate? How do you pitch your product? Like that's all great stuff. So like anyone that's normally that I see that's involved in a startup thing, you kind of you're never going to get anywhere if you just write the code. You need to be able to sell it. You need to be able to market it. And like all those skills are like really good. So I think even trying to like trying to like build something and see how would you get that to market? that'd be a really good skill to have because that's basically what an essay is like i'm i'm technical person but i'm trying to sell the product at the same time so okay interesting what specifically do you mean by uh quote-unquote projects because it seems very broad is it mm. like a group project or like an individual project or like a yeah, side project group where possible and i think everyone i remember you should mention this in her podcast and it was like <laughs> uni projects can be like amazing or absolutely terrible and i think it's good to experience like both ends of it and i think it's just seeing because if you really like working on your own and being an engineer is a really good choice and that was the thing that i didn't like that i was just stuck to my laptop didn't get to move anywhere didn't get to chat to anyone but a lot of my friends who did the exact same degree really like that just really love like getting like really deep into a problem and just like not the people interaction part so i think if you're like doing a group project seeing which parts of the project you really enjoy i think trying to get in as many so like if you're in a group project for uni seeing like do you like if you're the person that gets assigned to like um tasks or like see how our project is going like how do you like set milestones how do you see like how a project's doing are you good at kind of saying like hey guys have you got that work done and when are we going to have this done by some people absolutely hate that in which case i would say maybe veering down towards the more solid engineering route is a good choice if you really like that then something like an like in a sales engineer or some of your product manager where you kind of have the kind of people aspect where you're still involved in product development, that I think that would be like a pretty easy way to say like, yeah, I like this or no, this is hell. Okay, that's cool. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. So it's just like a, um, just trying to get as involved in technical versus non-technical mm. as early as possible to see which one you prefer to do. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think a general that I got told when I was, um, when I was like um, at the start of uni is like, use your 20s or your early career to try and get as horizontal as possible so like try as many different things because once you get to like a stage where you're like a little bit more senior in your career it's much harder to hop across from like business the technical or from i don't know let's say you're an accountant you want to be a teacher that would be really tough if you'd already put in 10 years of your career so i'm a big advocate for if someone says like hey can you do this thing and you're not really like sure like richard brown's thing if you, someone that like offers you something you don't think you can do it just take it and learn on the job but i think i'm a big advocate for us if someone like says like hey can you like take over the marketing part of this or can you do the sales and you're just like ah let me try it like what's the worst that can happen like if it's a small project you fail great you learn something so yeah try and get outside your comfort zone like as early on as your career 
kind of thing. Okay, that's good advice. Yeah. yeah, I think I have a pretty good like idea of your role now, and it's it seems like an awesome role. And we're at Dropbox. Yeah, I was walking through the office. This mm. place is actually mental. Mm. I want to ask you just like <laughs> about I don't know your lifestyle. Mm. I'm confused. You said you surfed surfing in Ireland. How yeah. the heck did you do that? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's um, I view surfing Ireland as like an adventure sport because like obviously the water gets down to like eight degrees. And so I wear like a five mil suit there, seven mil booties, a hood, gloves, <laughs> um, completely different sports. And you just like can't wait to get in, you just got to find a Guinness and like, you know, a warm meal. Whereas here it's like, ah, let's go down like shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> it's a completely different sport. Um, I fully imagine you like in the middle of winter going down to Bronte and you're just in board shorts and like <laughs> all the Aussies in like five millimeter wetsuits and yeah. they're just looking at you like, what the heck is up with this dude? <laughs> I think my favorite, I was surfing in La Hinge on like West Coast Island and it started snowing when i was actually out in the water i think like my best experience and i'm just there like holy crap this is pretty amazing yeah that must have been pretty unique yeah and it's like and then then you fall off the board you're like holy crap it's cold (laughs) (laughs) what's it like coming into work every day um it's good like i mean i think my favorite things about dropbox obviously the perks are amazing like free food all that amazing office um I think the people are the best part. Like we, I know one of the other things you want to ask about was the interview process. Like we, we have a really thorough interview process and culture is like a big part of it. So, um, especially here, I'm, when I moved from Ireland, like I, I literally knew one person in Sydney. Um, so coming in, like they, my, the office was like the only people that I actually knew. Um, so it was like really refreshing, like to know that they're like the same kind of people. And it's like, everyone's like pretty smart like is pretty like outgoing yeah and you have like obviously we want us to like strive for diversity so you have people with different backgrounds different kind of interests and stuff but everyone kind of seems to be like a similar like ah oh, i wouldn't mind having a beer i know there's like a test in the interview where, like would you would you like to get stuck in an airport with them for like three hours and would you like be able to actually enjoy that and i feel like for a dropbox like there's pretty much everyone i'd be like yeah sure i'd love to get stuck with them in an airport with <laughs> fear for three hours and okay. so i think the people are like really good and then I think we do like remote working quite well if I want to work from home and stuff. Obviously, it helps that we're in IT that we can just like kind of work from anywhere. Um, so if I do need to get a delivery or something, I'll just, I'll just work from home. And that's amazing. That does sound pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that, especially since a lot of um, CC jobs and like science PhDs involve you having to move overseas to actually get a decent position. Mm. Um, one question that people who might undergo like such a path might face is like what is the biggest challenge of moving overseas for work and like how did you overcome them mm. um the biggest challenges for me were was actually visa and um, work wise i was actually the first person to move from our dublin office to our sydney office so there was some stuff that i kind of needed to set up in terms of like <laughs> should I get paid the same? Like, you know, who's actually going to pay me? Is it going to be Dropbox Ireland or Dropbox? Like, Sydney is actually separate entities. Um, so I think there's the work stuff that's like, that normally gets handled pretty quickly because if people, the thing was they like really needed this role here. So if they really need it, they're going to like get a run on it and kind of sort that. It was the government stuff, the visa stuff. My visa, at the start, they told me it was going to be six weeks. I think it ended up taking like 11 months nearly Whoa. so i was just like waiting on and be like i could be going next week and like all my friends are like hey we're going to like um <laughs> we're going to like i remember at the time i think it was like rome or something we're going like three weeks do you want to come and i was like i would love to come but i don't know if i'm going to be here and um, so it's basically like nine weeks or nine months of just like kind of waiting around so that was that was the toughest part in terms of like for, i guess the nice thing here is like the main language is still the same 
there's so many um irish and british people here like too many like at points so that's like it's not different enough but um you know i didn't i didn't actually find it i think it was it was easy i think the biggest challenge is if you're moving without a job so you don't have financial stability i had it nice that i, I actually knew i was going to job so the only thing i needed to sort was accommodation it's like it's not that bad here I know if you were moving to Dublin at the minute, it's like really, really hard to find apartments. So if you were moving to Dublin, didn't have a job, didn't have an apartment, I imagine you'd be having a pretty bleak time um, for the first few months. But yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm an adventurous person, yep. so I didn't mind it. Have you had anyone follow you? Have there been any more Dublin, like, 100%. you set the standard? No, I, I started on Monday. Like, oh, they, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they, literally, they see my Insta and they're like, oh my God, I want this. <laughs> So I went, I went back for two weeks in March and like everyone was setting up coffee chats with me like, you know, like we, we also have a barista. And so like everyone's like, it's like a, a Dropbox thing to do coffee chats when I catch up with someone. And um, they were like, hey man, like when's like the next role coming off? What other positions are there? Can I move? So there's already one person that moved since I've been here and I'm in talks with someone else at the minute who's like, yeah, I want to move as well. So like, there's a mass migration coming from <laughs> not first in the Dublin office for San Francisco. And he's like, I mean, it's so good here. I think just people like, obviously, I'm pretty good at like filtering my life onto Instagram. But like, I mean, people <laughs> kind of see that like, yes, this looks amazing. Um, so a last few questions about your role before mm-hmm. we move on to like other topics. Mm-hmm. Was there a what's your most interesting or like the funniest client story? If you mm. can tell that to us, because obviously you've got like yeah, yeah, yeah. And stuff. No, I, I, <laughs> it's pretty funny. We were chatting to this like um, uh, big retailer, and like one of the things about like sales that you kind of learn is like you need to have, like a really good rapport with your customer, so that they kind of tell you, like yes, it's a good fit for us or not. And one of the salespeople was chatting to this guy, and he actually owns a farm a little bit outside of Sydney. So we were like VCing, so I said we use Zoom, like we we're just on the phone. And um, he was like, I'm actually out in the farm now. Do you want to, like, come meet my cows? And so he literally, like, was there with his phone. And, like, in the background, you could see. And he was like, yeah, this is my cow. And this is, like, this cow. And this is, like, this cow. <laughs> At the same time, we're like, yeah. And so, like, Dropbox, is that, like, a priority? And he's like, yeah, yeah just got to do the farm work. And then it was, like, going to come back. I'm like, how funny is this? <laughs> <laughs> that is fully awesome, though. Yeah. So he's just doing that. And then he kind of come in, like, and he has a little office inside there. And, like, and then, like, I've met him. Like, it's like you meet him in their offices. And, uh, yeah, it's like you wouldn't notice at all that he has a farm and lives, like, an alter ego on that life. But he's, like, super, super technical, actually. And, like, just, like, really, like, down there. I'm like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. I'm like, man, that's so funny. I've, like, seen your cows. <laughs> <laughs> Really see That's cows. such a weird thing to yeah. say. <laughs> I know. I've seen your cows. Yeah, because like literally we, we screenshotted it and sent it back to him. And then he sent around to all, all his IT team being like, hey, things are going well with Dropbox. I've <laughs> seen the cows. I'm sure it was just viral on Zoom. It's just yeah. like the screenshot of the cows on the, yeah. the video call. because yeah, they're a really big retailer. <laughs> like, and he's like their head of IT. So. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, so we're going to take a very quick break. Yeah. So, as you're a solutions architect, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to get your advice on a question that, like, this, uh, socials, so like CSE socials, Subcom has been struggling f- with for a while. Mm-hmm. If a horde of five-year-olds came barreling towards you, and you had to take down as many as possible in mm-hmm. the space of two hours, given, given 12 hours to plan, what, what would be your solution? What's take down? We just need to have a clarify. Okay, you can knock out. I'm not... I'm so what's the, what's the aim? Kill. You want to survive, you want to survive or do you yes. want to like... You want to survive for two hours with 12 hours preparation and you can't run away because it's like 
a flat field. But you don't necessarily have to take them down. Like, why can't you just, like... I mean, you can be- run, but, like... Yeah, it's... but, like... What, what can I bring? Like, I mean, can I can I go and get stuff? Like, and... Um, yeah, I suppose so. Because I'm just thinking, like, I'll get a tractor. You know, it's one of those... Um, <laughs> on the subject of farms. You, <laughs> yeah. like, you know when they, like, spread the fertilizer and it's basically, like... Like, you would literally be, like, clotheslining people. Like, so you just, like, get two straight bars at the side of the tractor. I think that's what they use for fertilizer. You know? just, I'll just drive along and that... If it's, like, the perfect title, it'll just, like, just knock everyone on the head. This is very World War Z esque. <laughs> like I just see five year olds running towards you and just yeah. spraying them down with pesticide. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm a nice person. I was thinking climb the tree. Like five year olds can't climb. No, but they're gonna pile on top of each other. Like World War Z. Why do they have to be five? That's such a nicer response than mine. So, um, you're originally from Ireland, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we were wondering what the studying experience there is like um yeah i st- i studied in in university college cork is in like southwest Ireland, so i think it's the um probably like second biggest university we have and it's about an hour and a half away from where i home so i got to move away from home for uni which i highly recommend and then yeah i i really enjoyed studying cs and i think i've always been interested in like tech and like gadgets and everything so that was really good i mean i I'm I hate writing essays I hate like doing all that stuff so I think CS was like really refreshing because it was like yeah it's a really tough problem but as soon as you kind of like have this solution then that's it and you know it's 100% right it's yeah. like things like algorithms I used to love because I'm like okay I'm just going to do this and like it might take me like 20 minutes to do and then I'm done that's me done for the rest of the week I can go drinking every night you know <laughs> so like that's I think what CS was like nice and that like it's very it's very binary and um, unlike if you're like oh you're an English major you need to write like this like pros and like this like thing and it's like never really done you're not really sure you need to do lots of edits and you don't even know what mark you're going to get so i think cs was yeah, yeah i really enjoyed doing and it. it's your solution to like a problem even though it might be generic yeah was I cs like big at university or like no no even though like i mean it's terrible i think the reason why i picked cs though i was reading through the prospectus and it was like oh if you're not interested in tech enough it pays really well and i was like that sounds good i would never recommend pick- someone picking cs because of that but that's that's why i picked it um, and it was, yeah, I think it had the highest dropout rate. So it was like a little over 30% dropout rate. Oof. And we have like a point system in Ireland. I, I don't know how it works here in terms of like how you can get into a certain course, but um, CS is super low points. So like, even though it's like normally pretty intelligent people, like it's really low in terms of if you want to do CS, you definitely could. Um, in Australia, I think it's, it's called it's ATAR also a point or in New South Wales. Yeah. yeah. But I think Victoria I think, as well. Yeah. University of New South Wales, I think, what's the ATAR entry? It's um, it's not, I wouldn't classify it as being Yeah, the, thi- the one I'm doing, which is science and computer science, mm-hmm. is 95. So And it's ranked out of 100, and 100's like, you can't even get 100. The highest mark you can get is 99.95. It's basically your top percentile. Yeah, really? it's based on percentiles, yeah. yeah. Wow. So, okay, no, like for us, it's, yeah, it was, the max you can, the max you can get is 600. And computer science when I did it was three fifteen. Um, if you had to give one piece of advice to yourself at uni, mm-hmm. what would it be? Um, I think don't be afraid to apply for stuff that you don't think you're qualified for. That that sounds like pretty like I don't know blue sky about it. Like I remember when I did CS, I was like, okay, I can be a software engineer, and that's like all the jobs I was applying for as software engineer. But I think if you yeah, I think two things. Don't be afraid to do that. And then also, if you want to 
you really need to be good with your CV if you're going for something that's outside of like the one thing like so if I wanted to be outside of a software engineer if I wanted to like go straight into product um, development don't just submit the same CV for the same job and um, so tailoring your CV or at least having a cover letter to say yes my experience says that I would be a really good software engineer but I really want to be a solution architect because I really enjoy working with people I really enjoy doing that and making that shine through your CV I know it's annoying at the time it's like oh well, I have to change my CV for like every job but I'm a big reader of like quality over quantity so pick the ones that you want in terms of like it's these six jobs and just tailor your CV for each one and don't just expect that you're going to get in and then try and do really well in the interview and if you've done like a good CV you'll probably get asked and then once you're there it's like fair game for everyone so I think applying for stuff outside of what you stereotypically think you're degree does and then just making sure you're doing the prep that you're actually in a good place I think for that okay I didn't do that and I wish I did that is good advice actually <laughs> yeah no it's super good what's the interview process like for if you want to if somebody wants to get into Dropbox if you're mm. familiar with the Australian one and maybe or, like specifically yeah. with like your interview yeah well I'm, I'm interviewing for a role on my team right now so they did the exact same job I'm doing I'm holding interviews all day yesterday and all this all day. so everybody apply yes everybody <laughs> apply yeah um, yeah I do I mean <laughs> uh, uh, but tell me first so I get a referral bonus um <laughs> That's James one thing you notice as, as, as soon as you leave uni, and I remember we had a uni Facebook page, and it was like, it was like, oh hey, if you want to come work at like Google, like just use this link, and you're like, hey, wait a minute, that has his name in it. It's like, and you get your forever. So that that happens as soon as you leave uni. Um, but no, the interview process for us has is it's quite a thorough process. I don't think it's like super. I think if you're a good fit for the role, it's it's not going to be super. I won't say super hard, but. It, it, it tests you in like a couple of ways and comes like we'll do a phone screen just to make sure you're not crazy and then we have like a couple of different attributes that you'll have someone you have a, like four different people test you on like four different types of attributes they'll look for a certain thing and be like yes no and um, and then specifically for essays if um if you guys pass those we have two more rounds one which is like a presentation where you kind of say like hey we'll give you a sample like kind of case study and like hey pitch this back to us and like i might say like oh, you mentioned something about this, how does that work technically or something, and just see how you respond to like, technical questions. And then the last one, which is my favorite, which is teach and learn, which is where um, I'll actually teach you about something for 15 minutes, and then I'll ask you about it for 15 minutes. So you have like 15 minutes, like I'll like teach you about something like SAML or something like SSO, and I'll, I'll leave you ask as many questions as you want. And then for the last 15 minutes, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna ask questions. How well were you listening? How well did you understand it? Can you say that back to me? What if that wasn't encrypted? What if someone came in the middle? What would happen? What could they possibly get? So that's a good one. Yeah, and then, that's interesting, actually. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of it. Um, so I do think we're thorough because, um, yeah, I think we, especially being a smaller office, you need to be like really thoughtful about who you hire. Like bad hire costs you so much. Um, so we do like we we worked a lot of our interview process. Our co-founder used to actually like interview personally for like the longest time. And even when he didn't, Arash you used to have to submit a person's CV to him and he would say like yes or no or I want to speak to them and I think that even happened up until when we were hundreds of people and so they basically have this initiative it's called Scaling Arash because Arash is our co-founder and like basically like how does our co-founder thing just like I think just making sure we have really good people fix I think it's one thing we've done really well in terms of like if you meet everyone here like everyone's super nice still super intelligent but like super nice we have a word for it we call it cupcake 
Cupcake. <laughs> yeah. That's the decision that's making word. for that word. Yeah. Yeah. It's cupcake. It's so it's it's supposed to be that like if we if you provide like a really good experience internally, it, it like resonates externally. So you should be like cupcakey. Um, it's like one of our five core values. So it's nice because it just means like, hey, you should go out of your way to do like nice things to people, or just like, you know, yeah. No, that's super cool. So I'm sitting a Dropbox interview tomorrow yeah hypothetically oh, <laughs> i'm not okay. actually sitting on <laughs> what are your tips to like uni students when they're sitting interviews mm. check out glassdoor i mean that's that's what i did when i was actually interviewing here so see what the type of interview is and spend time understanding like if if we have five core values which you could get through the web there's a very high chance that the interviews are going to be centered around what our core values are and because basically that's that's how they ensure that you're a good fit for the company. So if Google's are like, don't be evil, blah, 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 I would be making sure. I, I don't think that's one of theirs anymore. They took it away. Yeah. Um, but have a look and see, because basically everyone uses their core values as like, this is why, this is what makes us unique. So have a look at those, because a very strong chance the interview is like centered around that. And so make sure like, how can you make that come out in yourself? So like another one of ours is be worthy of trust. So like if I'm talking about my past projects, I'm like, yeah, and in terms of like, Hey, I could have done this bad thing, but I didn't because I know that, you know, I want to be seen as like trustworthy and something like that. And like, that's obviously going to be like, if you, when you're in that interview that someone's like doing for that, they're going to be like, ah, okay. Um, so I think do your research on the, on the company. And then it depends. Like I, I remember when I was going for software engineering interviews, I was reading like cracking the coding interview, which I found quite good. So I think, I think that role stuff and but then I think not forgetting like the whole culture stuff because like people are always going to ask you about that so funny on what a company's culture is are you a good fit for that and how do you kind of demonstrate that I think it's important too um, to tie a bow end on that particular bit are there any internships or any opportunities that mm. are coming up soon we mainly run internships out of our SF office so if you want to apply for the SF office go wild and I think they run them in summer, which is going to be our winter, which would be, yeah, right no. now. Wait, just to confirm, SF? Oh, San, San Francisco. Francisco. Okay, I, I thought that's what it was. I was just We're checking. very bad at... Um, no, it's all good. No, I thought it was. I just yeah. didn't want to be the guy that got it wrong, you know? We I thought it was San Francisco, yeah. We, okay. Like, we, right, right. We, because we have, like, so many different, like, naming things in here, um, <laughs> we even have an acronym for acronyms. So we call them TLAs, three-letter acronyms, because they're normally three letters. So, like, if anyone's ever, like, if there's someone new and it's really bad, like, what we try and do is if someone new in the team, we completely get rid of all the acronyms for a while and then we, like, revert back to them. So, you can kind of say something like, hey, stop using so many TLAs. And you're like, that's pretty meta, but... Oh, well... <laughs> <laughs> Everything's just got an acronym first. <laughs> it's just going to evolve to a stage where you're not even using words. It's just acronyms. full syntactical <laughs> sense, just saying letters. It's like, like the meeting room right behind us here is actually called acronym. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> that very reason. <laughs> Yeah. Um, if you can't share with us, don't feel the need to. But what are you currently working on? Uh, well, I already mentioned hiring. That's like a really big priority for me right now, actually. And there's the part that's always going on in terms of like sales is driven by quarters, or at least for it is for us anyway. And so we're actually at the start of the quarter now. So it's like normally more planning stuff and like how we're going to perform really well at the quarter, like working with the account executives and stuff. Um, and then, as I said, we just released that um, local um, data hosting here. So working around how we kind of market that or 
we did a webinar it's like how do we work on content because like normally like something product comes out and then like basically the sales people come to you like okay how are we going to sell this or like how are we going to bring this to market i'm like oh, i'm not a salesperson and so i'll just like this is the product this is all the different features i'm like okay these are our customers who do you think would be a good fit for it so that kind of matching and then like okay how are we going to give it to those customers are we going to like send it out an email blast are we going to try and do like an event here where we invite people to and then so it's normally that as soon as we have any kind of like product kind of change we're like okay how do we get that into market or who should we tell is it this for a bit better for bigger customers or small customers and then depending on that it could be a webinar it could be like an on-site thing could be yeah a zoom uh what's it called zoom video chat with some cows in the background <laughs> could be that <laughs> could be that on the topic of cows i've heard of murphy's ice cream yeah. in ireland is that a thing yeah there is well yeah like murphy's- i heard it's like artisan ice cream and it's like super good yeah, it's, I think it's from uh, Kerry. I've br- tried it before. I bring that up because that's his last name. Yeah. Oh my! Yeah. Wait, goodness. you didn't realize? <laughs> no, but it's Murphy. <laughs> oh my, oh my god. god. Well, yeah, I will say it's the most common surname in Ireland. Murphy is the most common surname, so it's. Wait, wait. Are you related to the ice cream manufacturer? I am not. Okay. Like, literally, probably a third of the Ireland has the surname Murphy. So <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly How did you not realize? <laughs> so. We wanted to ask about your final year project, but I don't mm-hmm. think we have enough time for that. Final mm-hmm. year pro- his final year project was um, music recommendation through collaborative temporal and location filtering. That's the title. Mm-hmm. Very interesting, but I don't think we'll have time to get to it. Mm. Um, and some final questions before we wrap up. What's your favorite place to grab lunch or dinner in, uh, in Sydney? Mm. Um... I think I would just say Papa's ricotta cheesecake and just have that for like breakfast, lunch, and like dinner. I'm just like, I know what that is. Huge... I have no idea what that is. Oh, it's Papa's. Is this, um, is this Italian uh, bakery? There's one in, there's one in Bondi, and I think there's one in, in Haverfield or, or somewhere like that. They do this ricotta cheesecake, and it will change your life. Okay, like, I mean, you need to check it out. Yeah, you need to check that ricotta cheesecake. It's like their signature dish, and there's one. Yeah, there's one in Bondi. Just have it. It's it's life-changing okay final question i'm gonna find a question um what's your favorite beach in sydney i live in bronte so i'm gonna say that okay that's a cop out (laughs) (laughs) what's the best thing about ireland it's obviously not the weather so like what's the best thing um i'm gonna say well i'm gonna spell this out first c-r-a-i-c which for us is irish for fun i'm gonna it's called crack but if I say crack, you're going to think I'm saying something else. But C-R-A-I-C is pronounced crack for us. And it means fun in Irish. I just think Irish people are very, very fun. It's not, it's not always really around drinking. Just in general, being around Irish people, especially in Ireland, I think, yeah, we get up to a lot of fun. Yeah, so it's, it's a like, place I'd love to visit someday. Yeah, yeah. People generally really enjoy Irish people. I can just like, just like, <laughs> Just like how I enjoyed this interview. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much for chatting with us. Yeah, and have a great day. Yeah, a great awesome. day in the life of a solutions architect. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming in. We are-